you are about to enjoy in It Takes Three Network Podcast. Welcome back to Let's Talk OC and OC Podcast. I'm Michelle. I'm Liz. And tonight we are joined by our patron. We're so excited you're here. Will, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Liz and Michelle. Well, <laughs> well, I know. I was like, Michelle, control it. Don't Sorry, say it. it Don't was say me. it. Don't say it. You know what? My mom said worse, so it's okay. okay. I can take that. So you're here for not only is it our last bonus episode, it's our last Let's Talk OC episode, and it's also our last episode of the year. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, so you're on here. We're going to talk all about the parents, which when we were choosing who to speak about for these bonus episodes, we had a raffle going, as you guys know by now. And Will won. He was in our last place. So when I emailed, I was like, hey, we're so excited. Unfortunately, you don't have a choice, (laughs) but hopefully you're down to talk about the parents and you had good spirits. So we're really excited to talk parents with you. I think I would have chosen the parents anyways. Uh, Really? You know what? Even though Josh Schwartz was, what, like 25 or 26 when he started writing the show, I think he was more in tune to kind of the, like, dynamic emotions of the parents more than the the kids. Um, So I'm really excited to to get into their characters and just talk about who they are. Love it. Love the perspective. Very excited. Yes. Okay, so for our main core parents that we're going to talk about first, we have Sandy Cohen, portrayed by Peter Gallagher. He was in a total of 92 episodes. Kirsten Cohen was portrayed by Kelly Rowan. She was also in 92 episodes. Julie Cooper, Nickel Cooper, portrayed by Melinda Clark. She was in 90 episodes. Caleb Nickel, portrayed by Alan Dale. He was in 37 episodes. And Jimmy Cooper, Portrayed by Tate Donovan was in 39 episodes. Jimbo. Jimbo. Yes. All right. So we have ice cream scoops of the Mm -hmm. week. Our buddy Mike Dell underscore Vass, our ice cream correspondent, came through. He says, hey, Michelle, Liz, and Will, here are my ice cream flavors for the parents. I did one for all the parents, so just skip the ones you won't be talking about. So, of course, I'm going to read them all (laughs) because he provided, and they're so good as per usual. Okay, so first up, we have Sandy. He says, Ben and Jerry's Justice Remix. The description from their website, cinnamon and chocolate ice cream with gobs of cinnamon bun dough and spicy fudge brownies. Now serving Justice Remix, the flavor and action campaign dedicated to criminal justice reform. Together, we can transform the system to deliver justice for all instead of just some since Sandy did spend most of his life working in the DA's office. I thought an ice cream flavor that is aimed in reforming the criminal justice system and making it fair for all. Kiki, Ben and Jerry's cold brew caramel latte. This is cold brew and sweet cream ice cream with salted caramel swirls. This fits Kiki because she can be a little cold and can be salty, especially in the beginning of the show. She is the ice queen after all. Julie, Baskin-Robbins Wild and Reckless Sherbert. Julie would be a sherbet because she's too fancy to just be ice cream and wild and reckless because her youth was wild and reckless, like when she did porn because it was the 80s. Now, I have a, I have a quick question. Do they have sherbet in Riverside? I, I would hope so. 
I think so. I think in a supermarket, you can get some rainbow sherbet for sure. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, any seasonal ice cream flavor? Because like the ice cream season, Jimmy is only around for a limited time and then disappears until the following year. (laughs) (laughs) I love that one. Uh. Caleb. Ben and Jerry's Urban Bourbon, a burnt caramel ice cream with almonds, fudge flakes, and bourbon caramel swirls. This is for Cal for multiple reasons. The title has the word urban in it, which made me think of urban planning and then the Newport group. The addition of bourbon is perfect for me as a typical drink a wealthy businessman would drink. The burnt caramel also pairs nicely with Cal as he himself is bold and the almonds reflect how he can be a bit nutty, like when he thought his phone line was tapped. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Neil, rum raisin. Like raisins, Neil can be a little dried up at times. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Nana, Ben and Jerry's New York Super Fudge Chunk. She is a proud New Yorker as an ice cream flavor with New York in the title suits mm-hmm. her. And last but not least, Veronica, Haagen-Dazs non-dairy chocolate fudge truffle. This flavor just sounds so extra that that's the type of person Veronica is. She isn't just a salty bitch. She's an extra salty bitch who is also rich. The salted fudge and chunks of truffle both symbolize this. He says, this is the Let's Talk OC ice cream correspondent signing off for the last time. It has been a pleasure doing this segment. We loved having you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Let's get into iconic moments. Let's start with Sandy. Will, what do you have? Yeah. Um, so Sandy's a little flustered. Kirsten is wanting him to MC a charity event. And he gets a little bit too into it. Um, he's like, Joan, tell me you didn't order those napkin rings. This is not a mob wedding. I want her off the tablecloth. Get her off the tablecloth. That's like just... All the whole the whole first and second season, he's trying not to get sucked up into this noopsy world, and then by the like middle of season two, he is all the way in. Same. I love it. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. I actually I had a cop oh, okay. out of the first episode with his speech to Ryan in the jail cell, and then eventually bringing him home. Yeah. So I, I had the obvious answer, but also my personal favorite was when he punches Frank Atwood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he gets super, like, Papa Bear moment over not trusting Frank and just so overprotective. Not overprotective, super protective of Ryan, as he should be. And I just absolutely loved that. Sandy yeah. did run in a gang in Brooklyn, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> tendencies, like, just, like, right underneath the surface. Right. Exactly. Kirsten, Will, what do you have? Uh, I, I can't remember what led up to this scene, but Sandy was like, um, you married me. <laughs> and then K- Kirsten goes, I was young and drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and then Seth is like, only child right here. And it was just perfect because, you know, Kirsten, I feel like she, you know, is the the most responsible adult, the most kind of conservative like nurturing, but then, you know, I don't know. She was always drunk. So I think <laughs> yes. that was kind of half right there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And smelled of patchouli yeah. in the mail truck. <laughs> List, what do you have? I, to go back to what Will just said, I feel like the entire series, before you know that she has an alcohol problem, 
she's drinking a lot. And then going back my second time watching, I'm like, oh my God, she's drinking so much. It makes so much sense. But I feel like they really focused on her drinking. But um, to go with that, I didn't want to go sad, but I did with her decision to go to rehab. But also breaking down when her kids left in season one or her father's fiasco funeral. (laughs) Well, you know, her last scene, I think that last scene where she's yelling at Caleb, I think that's the best dramatic scene of the whole show. Yeah, she's great. Her, her, like, Kelly Ron's acting performance was incredible. Agreed. And that's actually the scene I chose is when she's yelling at Caleb and she throws the vase at him. Mm. It's so powerful. It is so good. And just rewatching season two of this happening, I was like, oh my God, this performance is just claps all around. Yeah. Yeah. Julie Will, what do you have? Okay. So Julie is walking in some sunny background or like backdrop. She's got a Marissa style hat, like a season two Marissa style hat. And then she calls Luke. She's like, Luke, this is a booty call. And I just loved her whole like, 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 like mermaid dolphin hotel, whatever phase. And she's just like freaking like covert ops, just trying to get some 18 year old Luke action. And it it was a longer storyline than I thought. It was like seven, like six episodes of this whole like just the whole plot i just it was one of my favorite julie plots yeah i agree with that Liz, i just had this town's only big enough for one manipulative bitch and i've just never clapped so much on the entire show i was like that's the moment that's julie's moment that's exactly what i yes yeah because i i both of us we watched that episode together (laughs) yeah and we were like queen queen uh, Caleb, Will? Um, I love when Caleb says Sanford. So, yes. uh, he's trying to avoid, uh, the, the whole, the, uh, deal with the heights and it's the Christmas party. He's like, come Sanford, it's a party. Think back on your Berkeley days. Maybe you can smoke the tree. <laughs> I love how he says that. Just so, just the way, the way he says things. I, I want to speak like that when I'm an old man. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Distinguished. Yes. I had... I'm sorry to say, but his death, so iconic, falling in the pool, the most dramatic death for that character, at least. Obviously, Marissa's is like the biggest death, but uh, Caleb dying, I feel like that was his most iconic moment. Yeah, I had that as well, falling in the pool, but even the kicker of he's broke and has no money. (laughs) So nobody gets anything. That right there goes out like that. Uh, Last but not least, Jimmy. I thought you were going to say, speaking of another broke asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a better transition, actually. When he uh, when he's talking about like uh, Judge Judy, he's like, oh, I hear she's tough, but fair. (laughs) And then (laughs) they give him a look. He's like, what? I watch a lot of daytime TV. And that line, I watch a lot of daytime TV. is just Jimmy in a nutshell. Like you could see post post pilot. Jimmy's just in his study. He's got a TV. He's trying to do these like financial reports or whatever, and he just can't get his eyes off of like ESPN classics and Judge Judy. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, iconically getting punched in the face by Holly's dad, but then I put, of course, Bo Jimmy is my most iconic. 
Oh, love a beard <laughs> boat Jimmy moment. For sure. For me, actually, I felt his best father moment was when Luke comes to talk to Marissa. Oh, yeah. And he's like, no, Luke, you're not coming in. She doesn't want to mm-hmm. speak to you. And he's like, watch it, because he says, you understand. And he's like, no, <laughs> goodbye. And I just love that. I was like, thank you, Jimmy, for being a good dad in this particular moment. My yeah. personal favorite. Yeah. Okay, so let's go into the growth of the characters. Let's start off with Sandy. Will, what do you have? Yeah, I just um, I just thought of the scene where he goes to the cotillion with no tie. He has to be coaxed there by Ryan. And then by season three, at the end of season three, he's the man of the year. He's in the tie. And you could just see that progression through all those three seasons. Um, I thought season four, they kind of did him dirty. I felt like he just kind of floated out in space, which is weird because in the interviews, you know, him and the adults were the most committed. By season three, you know, Adam Brody and Ben McKenzie and definitely um, Misha Barton had kind of like made the writers and the showrunners kind of like frustrated but how did how does sandy get this treatment after he's been such a you know after peter was such a like like rock in that in that cast so but i thought season one to three for me yeah do you think they did that because with three and the whole hospital situation he lost himself a little bit yeah and so we go back to him going back to his roots. Yeah, but and I thought maybe he could have been a he, he could have been a professor earlier. I thought that would have been yeah. a more fruitful storyline for him if they just went straight into that. But yeah, I mean I like the spitzy thing, but then like he's trying to get a friend. I I don't know. We could have done more. Yeah. 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 List what you have. Yeah. I could agree. Um I just put Sandy's pretty much consistently staying the best father even though he maybe wasn't the greatest husband uh if put first appearance he takes a kid off the street and then the last appearance he has parented his kids to their potential and sees them succeed uh like mosey at a few moments where he lost himself and who he was i.e the hospital or rebecca bloom but still growth nonetheless yeah exactly pretty much both what you guys said but just starting and ending with the same moral center there were a lot of ups and downs like you said with rebecca and the whole hospital situation and just that whole thing happened from taking over the newport group because of kirsten and that spiral and dealing with the everything at home so i just appreciate him starting and ending being the moral and the ground that we needed totally Kirsten, well, what do you have? Yeah, I think I wrote an email to you, to both of you earlier. I think that she's the most underrated character of the yeah. show. You know, I mean, the show is self-referential in saying she's the ice queen, but I see her as like being the most loving, uh, like just loving, driven, and solid. Like she's always fighting her her background and her father to do what's right. And I feel like that takes a toll on her. You know, partially, the more and more her father pushes her and pushes her and, like, nags her and gets in her life, I think the more that she drinks and gets the way she is in season two. So I really think that a lot of it is she's such a great person in her core. And she's so just, like, inundated with so much crap from her parents and Jimmy and then Sandy in season two. So I... I don't really blame Kirsten for any much of what she did besides Carter. Carter bugged the 
mm-hmm. shit out of me. Right. But whatever. I'm over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> I just felt that she was so strong in the first couple of seasons, and four was just what happened. Her and Sandy. I, I know, think. like you, and I know you said that too. I think you wrote that in an email about her. But I mean, why did we, even in the finale, not to go back to the finale, but you know, Julie can't get married without Keeks. Yet we didn't have one scene of them together. Yeah, I would have loved that moment. I don't know what happened. Maybe it was logistics. Who knows? But I think that would have really just driven it home emotionally. I would have cried my eyes out even more. Totally. Uh, Liz, what do you have? I had from the Ice Queen to stay-at-home mom. During her time on the show, she really softened and became more vulnerable, helped her family and herself when she made the decision to become sober, and that brought her family family ultimately closer in the end she gained another child with sandy and put a hundred percent of her time into raising all of her children beautiful and just to add to that i had that she realized internally that she can be someone without having the newport group and letting go because so so much of that she was so wrapped up in her dad and working and then realizing like oh actually i can let this go well and she was great at her job like usually when you know Usually you don't see female characters get these types of high pressure, powerful jobs. And then she just is good at it. And there's never a mention of like, oh, Kiki, you're so good at your job. You just know from day one, like she's a rock star. She is the number two in one of the biggest companies. And she lets it go because of, again, all these outside things. I just think that like, I don't know. She's great. I love Keeks. Do you think she should have stayed with working at the group? Oh, hell no. no. Okay. No, no yeah. that that job ate away at her. And after her dad's death, I mean, how how could right. she? It was his company, you know, so I don't yeah. know. Uh, Julie. Will, what do you have for Jews? Juju. I just think of two things about her. I mean, she's the most dynamic character. She she changes from episode from the pilot, from the um, you know, when she asked for the ice cream. <laughs> um, I, I was surprised Mike didn't say Pistachio. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, one thing I think about her is I think she's the closest connection between the uh, kids and the adults. Mm. Like she has these storylines with Luke, this constant storyline with Ryan. And then later she has it with Summer and Taylor to where I think like Julie kind of connects the worlds where Sandy and Kirsten seem kind of distant and Jimmy's you know, gone half the time. And Julie's always kind of in the kids' orbits, like really severely affecting their lives. Yeah, whether it's for good or bad, and mostly bad sometimes, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. right. Uh, I put not a likable character in season one. Uh, does progress slowly throughout the show. Generally makes poor decisions, but in the end put it, put her children first and did what was right by them, shedding her selfish ways. She decided to make something of herself and became someone who her children could be proud of. Went from rich to poor, from rich to poor. (laughs) She's a fighter, if nothing else. Yeah. And just, I love how she becomes so self-aware, accepting, owns up to her mistakes, and eventually becomes very grounded. Yes. You know, especially on her wedding day where she's like, well, look at me, pregnant and on my wedding day again, you know. Right. 19 years later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Caleb. Well, 
Caleb, you know what? I see some underrated growth here. You do? I can't wait. Part of it is with his friendship with Sandy. They actually like are friends by the end of the show. Even though, of course, Caleb does so many things that, you know, Sandy can't handle or or has to handle because they're family. But I think that their friendship is one of the small little ways that Caleb actually got better because he's always who he is. Like he won't change his personality. He won't change his decision making. But he kind of opens up a little bit to Sandy as his as his son in law. Um, and, you know, I think he cherished Kirsten, but he did not know how to be a father. Kind of, kind of the opposite a little bit sometimes of Sandy, where Sandy, um, just knows how to be a father, but yeah. just like, easy. And Caleb has no idea how to be a father, but you can tell just like deep down that he loves her. So I don't know. I, I, I'm not as down on Caleb as many are. I love that. Yeah. Liz, I I almost mentioned him and Sanford's relationship, but um, I put lost. Honestly, what it all stems from is he lost his one true love, which caused him to become cold and bitter. And always everything's always a business deal with him, even when it came to his family. Uh, even though his heart attack softened him a little bit, he still remained selfish. In the end, he died trying to take his wife down and never really reconciled or bonded with his children. But I I enjoy him, though, as a character. Oh, yeah. With all being said and done, you know? Yeah, I mean, he is, to me, just the quintessential OC roots. And I, I like, will also put his friendship with Sandy and just him reaching out to Sandy. And I also put him opening up his heart to Lindsay. Just dropping her yeah. in here. A little sprinkle. <laughs> a little sprinkle of that. Yeah. Um, moving on to Jimmy. What do you have, Will? Yeah, he has this quote uh, with the restaurant. And Julie's getting involved with the restaurant. Or maybe it was when Caleb was getting involved after Julie. He's like, my oasis is being violated. My happy place <laughs> is very unhappy right now. And I feel like that's Jimmy in a nutshell. He has this happy place. He has this great family. He's married to the most beautiful girl in the county. And he's... You know, just got everything. This beautiful family, beautiful daughters, uh, like multimillionaire. And then everything comes comes kind of crumbling down and he never regains it all the way through the show. He never regains that oasis. And so I think just like that, that like he's just the most nostalgic character. I think of any like TV character in any show I've ever watched. He's just all nostalgia and he can never get it back and he won't accept it. Mm. Yeah, he's stuck in the past. Which, yeah, what do you have, Liz? I put continually made wrong financial choices throughout the entire show, which led to a shattered family. Obviously, they had other issues, too. Uh, likable guy, but could never quite get it together as a husband or a father. If only he held on to the money he got from the restaurant. He couldn't even schedule a phone call to his daughter. He tried making it right by asking Marissa to live with him, but that was his only parental attempt. I was cutthroat. Now, we did... <laughs> We did get Boat Jimmy from all that money. I know. Nicely groomed with probably a $100, $200 haircut. We did get Boat Jimmy. Yeah, I Love mean, Boat Jimmy. For, for this growth segment, all I put was his beard. <laughs> because that's pretty much what I... It's like, pretty much all that grew. It's pretty much all that grew. Yeah. Uh, I was going over this with Ant, and 
because Ant always adds in his perspective. And I'm like, Jimmy just didn't evolve. And he's like, oh, no, he's stuck in the past. And I was like, yeah. And I, but, but I love Jimmy. Like we say it all the time. Like, yes, he's an awful father, but there's just something about him and this character that I I miss when he's gone. And we loved him and Haley. Like, I loved both Jimmy and Haley. Yeah, I did. But even Haley evolved, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Part of that has to be Tate Donovan. I think if you put almost any other actor in that scenario, he just wouldn't be as lovable. Like, Tate Donovan just has a lovable face. Yes. I don't know what it is about him. He's just got like a, a grin or something the way he speaks. I think if you would have had any other person in even that like Tate Donovan realm, it just wouldn't have come across. Like he would have seemed more maybe like slimy or mm. just something like that. I don't it's know. It's so true. I totally agree. Yeah, because <laughs> on a normal stance, this is not a character I would like. Like this is right. not someone I'd be like, oh, I'm missing when you're not here because you're not great. But there's just something, and part of it is probably nostalgia for me being stuck in the past, as Jimbo is. But I, you're right. It has to be Tate Donovan, his performance. Yeah. Okay, so moving on, Will, this is your segment. You want to discuss the essence and the ism, so I want you to take it away. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, so I brought this segment because I think in the OC... I think Josh Schwartz really tried to to kind of market the show. I think he gave every character like a niche. Cause sometimes in like like for example in a show like One Tree Hill or Gossip Girl, everyone's kind of doing the same thing. It's all like all drama or all whatever. Um, but I feel like in the OC, every character has their own thing that's like independent from any of the other characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to like ask you both what their isms were. Can I go last? Or did you have an answer? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can go last. Yeah. What did you two think about Sandy? (laughs) I have schmear eyebrows yoga lattes. (laughs) Yeah, I had eyebrows, bagels, and serving justice. Yeah, justice. Yeah. Wow. So you all put a lot of things. I thought one of you would have had surfing. Oh. I thought about it. You know. His happy place. That's where he was him. It's true. It's true. Serve Sandy. Yeah. I know that when I thought of like just his eyebrows and those bagels, mm-hmm. but we love, I love a surf Sandy. Like if there was a, a Barbie doll, a figurine of Sandy, I want surf Sandy. A surfing Same. can Sandy. Yes, doll? Yeah. please. You know what? I was going to say schmear, but I wanted to wait till the bagel. Yeah. Oh mm. yeah, sure. Cause I put a lot of thought now. I mean, I like bagels, but I don't think I'm, I'm as much of a bagel head as you two are. <laughs> So I actually put a lot of work into it. So we'll get there. But I didn't Aww. want to do it because, like, I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm in, like, the minor leagues. And you all, like, are, like, major league bagel eaters. <laughs> so I had to kind of put my reps in, put my practice in. I looked at a bunch of articles, like, what kind of bagels there were. Because I only know, like, three types of bagels. <laughs> so. To be honest with you, Will, with this bagel segment, when we first started, we're like, yeah, it's great. Yeah. And our patron, Jess, recommended it. I also looked at bagel articles and like, I need to know which bagel I feel really reflects these people's personalities, even though I know an array of bagels. And I, and, and from doing this segment, I realized, Liz, this is a very regional question. Oh, extremely regional. True (laughs) Long Island, New Yorkers over here with this question. Yeah. We'll get to that. How about, how about Kirsten? What's the thing that defines Kirsten? What do you have, Liz? I put... Always classy, 
best advice. I feel like throughout the show, they didn't utilize her as much as they should, but when they did, it was for advice. Yeah, I also have giving sound advice, and then I also had wine, the wino. Oh, yeah. And and Margs. Margs. Yeah, fresh Margs. And I didn't want to put the alcohol there because in the end, obviously, we overcame that. But truly, I mean, the wine was definitely, and the Margs was a thing. I put her cooking. Oh, yeah. Because, because she, I mean, nobody will even let her touch a turkey in season one. Right. And then by season three, she's making these crazy French meals. And it's never like a central thing of her character at all. But it's just like a funny little subplot that just goes through the seasons that, you know, Kirsten has all this stuff in her life going on. Um, but the, maybe the one constant is that she just cannot cook. Yes. So good. But but she owns the phone. She does. She phone. Yes. <laughs> she sure does. How about Julie? Isaac could kill, and she definitely teetered on that last part. <laughs> I love it. I just had, like, the queen of manipulation. I mean, no one can manipulate better than Julie. Nope. I had that she was from Riverside. Like, did you... I mean, we'll talk about Taryn later. I have to make sure we talk about okay, Taryn. Okay, I'll make a note. Yeah. You remember that scene where he just, like, eats her food? Yes! He's like... But you- but but you're from Riverside, and the look, <laughs> she just had the most, like, death eyes. Like, she just wanted to kill Sandy in that moment because he was, mm. like, just – he was uncovering her essence in one comment that she had took, what, like, 15, 16 years to hide? You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how about Caleb? Pet names. Sanford, Kiki, Juju. Yes! I also have that. <laughs> Even though Sanford is his real name. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, Kiki and Juju, his little pet names for people. Definitely the pet names and just like the money and power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have the contrast collar. I feel like he has that white collar yes! with the blue shirt and the red power tie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Always. Like he's just a big baller or, and or a crook. Like either, <laughs> either you're like a really good, like, you know, like just great at business or you're just a straight crook. You're like, you know, Gordon Gecko or something. Right. Yeah. 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 How about Jimmy? That cheese and grin, which signifies he's a fuck up. (laughs) I have ESPN classics. Mm. Me too. Yeah. And then I had to put like just the boat Jimmy part because we really were into him being in the boat in the harbor. If we haven't said it enough already in just in this episode. And also, Jimmy. I mean, part of my honeymoon, I made Aunt and I stay in Newport Beach on a houseboat so I could be the best Jimmy Cooper. So, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. We're not going to get further into the innuendo there with Julie. I'm, I'm not going to take that big. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> okay. Well, that's it. Yeah, Thank you for uh, indulging me there. I just thought it was interesting. Just that that facet of the OC where the parents were real characters. Yeah, I yeah. Oh, I know. I always loved that they were incorporated in such a good way because, like our other teen drama children, the parents on One Tree Hill are awful, and Mm -hmm. so far, Gossip Girl not great either. Yeah, (laughs) not great. Yeah. I have a question for you at the end that's going to kind of point to that One Tree Hill parent versus the OC parent. Okay, brother. Um, (laughs) I can't wait. 
Uh, Comparison. Let's let's get into the discussion of the side parents, the characters. You also did want to discuss this, well. So yeah. let's start with Carson Ward, Luke's dad. Uh, love Carson. Carson's an underrated character in the show. He's a great dad. Yeah, he's a great dad. I mean, the only thing about him is that he's gay in Newport. Right. That's mm-hmm. it. You know, and um, I think I emailed you too. Best kiss on the show. <laughs> he's him, him and his lover. I mean, it was just like the most passionate kiss. And it's it, it's like heightened by Luke and Ryan behind the car. Yeah. And then he dro- and then Luke drops all his stuff. And Carson's face, like, the kiss was so good. It took him, like, a couple seconds to, like, realize, to, like, get out of the zone. Yeah. Mm. You know? Yeah. I love that you brought that up. You also wanted to talk about Renee. <laughs> oh, God. Renee, okay, this is... Now, I, I, I staunchly disagree with Ant on Lindsay. Yes. But I think he should turn his attention to Renee. I will let him know this. He's by far the worst, like, one of the worst characters of the show. <laughs> Sucks. And she, they, like, couldn't even get, she's such a bad character, they couldn't even get her last name right. Like, Lindsay, apparently, I, I looked on the OC wiki, and it says Lindsay Gardner Wheeler. But Gardner is not a middle name. Like, I don't know whose middle name is Gardner. Thank you. I was going but to bring this up tonight. I Shouldn't it be Lindsay Wheeler or Renee Gardner? Uh-huh. Yes. I don't get uh-huh. I am, like, wait, I, I'm, like, screaming with my hands right now. Like, yes. <laughs> like a sim. If someone was looking in on me, they'd be like, what is she doing? <laughs> so passionate about this. I, I brought this up to Aunt during dinner, like, a couple weeks ago. I'm like, what? where's Gardner? What is that? What is yeah. Gardner? Makes no sense. Is that, like... The fake dad? Did she like invent this story of the dad who left them at whatever, and then the guy's name was Gardner? Like this is an elaborate ruse. Yeah, I know. I don't know. Interesting. I'm wondering the same thing. Is there a fanfic out there? Do you want to write it? Is there a contest going on? <laughs> Maybe it was the actual garden gardener. Like he, <laughs> she just saw him from afar and was like, "That's I have to use a name, so that's the name." When when Lindsay asked her as a child. <laughs> Are we talking about TJ here? I don't oh. think we've talked about TJ in all these bonus podcasts. We haven't. We have never. TJ. Maybe it was like TJ's father. Maybe. He had like a tryst in the OC with Renee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, Veronica Townsend. What do we think about her? True bitch. <laughs> she shouldn't have had any children, period. She's just, she's not maternal whatsoever. I mean, is it, do we give her props for turning it around and realizing no. that she's good? Mm-hmm. After, it just took a natural disaster. Yeah. And it's even still, she just said, I love you after Taylor prompted her to say, I love you. So it's not really, I don't, I don't take it as anything. It's a grain of salt. I have nothing to say about her. She's the worst. And she is. She tried to steal Dan in One Tree Hill. She just always <laughs> she plays did. the worst <laughs> character in all our favorite shows. I know. She does. <laughs> Is so true. Uh, Don Atwood. <laughs> I got a question for you too. Yeah. Mm. Did Don and Frank redeem themselves? Kind of going on to the Veronica. I mean, way more than the Veronica line because there's more story plot there. But did they redeem themselves? I put uh, funny the same thing. I put F- Frank Atwood deadbeat to okay dad, and I put Don Atwood deadbeat to okay mom. Uh, you know, it's really they're really. Would they would I consider them parents? 
Uh, probably not. I think Dawn redeemed herself in my eyes because we got to see her progress. I actually wrote this because I wanted to talk to you about this. Frank, while he did become a better man and, you know, he's a better father, we didn't see the progression, so I'm still not that accepting of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of the way that the show got cut off early in season four, I think they just kind of had to throw that last episode and all those great moments. And, you know, it is canon. They did tie it together. But I don't accept that that's just, like, how it is, that now Frank's cheering on, you know, Julie and that Dawn, you know. I I think Dawn, her arc in season three was far more convincing for that she redeemed herself than Frank. I don't know how to feel about Frank. Yeah. 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 I feel the same way. Agreed. Taryn. Will. Oh, Taryn and the Noopsies. That's my new band. I think <laughs> so good, please. Because she she is she's hitting on young men. She is organizing events. She's she's the leader of the OC swinging community. Yeah. Yes, she is. She's a staple. She is a she is an OC lifer. I love Taryn. Yeah, and I love that we see her in the flashbacks. Like she's still questioning she's geeks. All four you know. So good. Yeah, her her and Holly just show up everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. last for parents, I have Neil. What do you think of Neil? I put loved his daughter, but definitely was a bit snooty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dr. Roberts. I don't know how he seen he loves his daughter so much. And then he's so oblivious to everything going on around her. Mm-hmm. And his and his uh the uh step monster. That whole plot line, I thought it was, like, funny the first time. But then once you get to know Neil, you're like, what is going on, dude? Like, right. Just, it was so bad for Summer. Like, Summer didn't know how to, uh, she didn't have, like, a, I mean, she lost her mother. And she has to deal with this in her house. And he doesn't have time to pay attention to her. I feel like he should have broke that off earlier so Summer could have had, I don't know, some semblance of, like, a, a closer connection to him. Because it feels like, for most of the series... He just kind of, like, shunts her off, and the stepmother, who's just, like, heavily medicated the whole show, is the only one in the house, really. I don't know. Right. Yeah, the stepmonster, it always made me think of Maris from Frasier. Anyone? Mm-hmm. Niall's wife, we just never see her. But she's a character within its, within the show. You never actually mm-hmm. see her, and it's kind of like the stepmonster. You never really see her. We just hear about her. But for Neil, I felt... Yes, he loves Summer, but he can't stay committed. Mm-hmm. He can't. And when times get tough, he's like, oh, I'm out. Yeah. And then he does end up getting back with the step monster, right? Well, no, he just wanted to be friends. He's he's rather lonely. Right. Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> like, right. this dude, he's like, uh, he's like Jimmy Light. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> Jimmy Light. The light ice cream. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right, let's get into bagels. Will, why don't you start? I'm so excited to hear what you came up with. Let's start with Sandy. Okay, I got the classic sesame bagel with a schmear. Mm. It's just classic red, white, and Sandy. Yeah, I had sesame with cream cheese and locks. But classic traditional stands the test of time. Mm. I love that. I went rogue and I did an acai. Wow. 
an as- I was going to say an acai bowl, an asiago bagel with everything cream cheese, which is cream cheese that has everything but the bagel seasoning in it. Comforting, but also a little cheesy like Sandy. And I felt like it could be a crowd favorite. Oh, that's good, Wes. <laughs> Really Thank you. Good. And well, I did look up bagels myself because there are a ton of bagel flavors out there that I've never had, but I'm sure places make them. So to get inspired, we do our research too. So not to feel bad that yes. you don't know as many bagels as we do. <laughs> you know what? You really boosted my self-esteem this podcast. Thank you. I'm good. I'm glad. Uh, Will, what do you have for Kirsten? Um, I have an underrated bagel. I have my favorite bagel. It's plain. But it's sweet. Cinnamon raisin. Mm. That's a good one. Yeah. Because she's like wasp. I mean, Seth always talks about how she's wasp and plain or whatever. But I think that she's just like super sweet, but it's plain on the outside. Yeah. like that. Liz, what you have? I actually also had a luxurious, classy, shiny, plain bagel with scallion cream cheese to add a little spunk. Oh, that sounds delicious. I love scallion yeah, cream cheese. Me too. I had a whole wheat bagel with avocado because it's bright and good for you. Oh, my God. That's so perfect. That is so perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so mad I didn't think about that. (laughs) Uh, Okay, Julie. This one, I was like, I need a good one for her. So, Will, what do you have for Julie? I have a cheddar cheese bagel. I think she's she's bold. She's sharp. Um... And I think cheddar is kind of a – it's not a forgotten about cheese, but with all these, like, new cheeses and brie and all these, like, just crazy cheeses that are in this world, I think cheddar is still, like, the classic cheese. And it's humble, but it's sharp. So mm. I, I like that. I think Julie's, like, has humble beginnings, but she's just super bold and sharp and has a crazy flavor. Love, Love that. that. Love a good cheddar cheese. Yeah, cheddar is me my too. personal favorite. Yeah. So good. Uh, I put a salt bagel with jalapeno cream cheese for the spice and the saltiness. <laughs> Liz, I had a jalapeno bagel. <laughs> oh my God. With cream cheese because super flavorful and unique. Definitely. Definitely unique. Yeah. Uh, Caleb. <laughs> I have a poppy seed bagel because it sticks in your teeth, but the taste is good. Mm-hmm. So, like, everything he does, it's just like, it just hurts you because it's so bad. But then it's just so good. Yeah. I yeah. I love that. Um, I'm laughing to myself, but I picked a stale bagel with plain cream cheese because <laughs> disappointing. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, Caleb. I I had a salt bagel with cream cheese because the way Caleb can throw his one-liners at you is the way salt can be overpowering. Yeah, he's definitely salty, too. Yeah. He's like the, uh, who's that guy? The salt bay. (laughs) Salt bay. Salt into the scene. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Last but not least, Jimmy. I have an onion bagel. Kind of the same thing as Jimmy. I personally hate it. I hate everything Jimmy does. But, like, if you rate it objectively, I read a lot of sites, and every bagel aficionado is just, like, loves onion bagels. They're so versatile, and they can do all these things. So it's got to be the onion bagel for me. Liz? 
I also picked an onion bagel, which is shocking. But I picked lox spread because it's a stinky bagel with a fishy spread. <laughs> okay, <laughs> For, like, guys. Like, Jimmy. <laughs> this is, we are a perfect trifecta because I also chose an onion bagel. <laughs> And I chose with lobster cream cheese because it's oh fishy and his love for lobster rolls. That is so funny. Three OCOGs. <laughs> Even though, like, I, I I just know, I just trust you two and your takes on the OC. And I just love that we both, we all picked onion bagel. This literally is the best thing of the week and it's only Tuesday. I know it's <laughs> not getting better than this. We all chose onion bagels for Jimmy. I'm. This is fantastic. We just know Jimmy. We just <laughs> know Jimmy. I'm just so fucking proud, man. This is so good. Mm. <sighs> all right. Uh, that was beautiful. Uh, moving on, actually, we have a question from Vic, and it's for you, Will. Oh, geez. Here we go. She asks, since you're so creative, I was wondering if you can name each adult as a song or movie title. Okay, just right off the cuff. <laughs> no pressure, anything. Be hard. This be hard. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, Sandy, song or movie title? Um. Oh, Sandy, surfing in the USA, Beach Boys. Yes. yes. Because you know, and also that Beach Boys song talks about Manhattan, talks about the U.S. You know, Sandy goes to Hawaii like every couple years and surfs the North Shore. Oh, you yeah. Just know we- um, Kirsten, <laughs> cold as ice. <laughs> like, just that first impression. Um, I, I, I think that that would be a good one. Um, Jimmy's got to be no one to hold him, no one to fold him, because he's like, he is just gambling his whole life away every second with stupid shit. Oh my god! Um, uh, Caleb has to be. Oh, Caleb has to be the movie Boss Baby. Because <laughs> He acts like a baby in all his different things, but he's 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 the boss, and he wears the suit, and he's he's the man. Yeah. Um, Julie, we have to do some like '80s hair metal or something. Maybe. Uh, oh, every rose has its thorn. Our favorite. Yes. Our favorite. We haven't talked about Lance. <laughs> Lance. <laughs> or uh, oh my god, yeah. You know what? I'm actually impressed I came up with five that quick. That was Same. so good, Will. That was really impressive. Yeah. Fantastic. So hopefully uh, hopefully, Vic's happy about that. I think she will be. She can't not be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's all we have. Will, you said you had a question for us. I have a question. Um, even though this is the last OC podcast, I thought we'd do just a short one award award show. Okay. okay. Who wins... The coveted Larry Sawyer Award for the best absent deadbeat parent or parent. <laughs> okay. I have four options. I have four nominees. You oh, ready? Okay, okay. 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 Number one, the Trasks. <laughs> Oliver Trask's parents. Number two, <laughs> Caleb with Lindsay. Number three, Big H, Johnny's dad. Oh. Number four, the Atwoods. And when you think about the Atwoods, you have to think about Ryan and Trey. Yeah, Pete number two. So it's the Trasks, Caleb, okay. Big H, and the Atwoods. Mm. I feel a toss up here. And I know we can't have toss ups, but this is me 
thinking out loud with my collective friend Liz, my partner in life. <laughs> uh, sidebar, as I t- pretend Will's not here, uh, as I would do, I'm like between Big H and the Trasks. Mm. Yeah, but like Larry was a good person. <laughs> so I'm like harping on that. But, yeah, but also deadbeat. Like, but like, deadbeat. Yeah. yeah. Like she she went through probably like six or seven mental crises, dead parents, and <laughs> right. she just like comes in at the end and doesn't know how to handle it very well and then says something stern and then leaves on a boat for four months again. Yeah, yeah. I maybe I'll go with uh Johnny. Johnny's dad. Yeah. I think I'm gonna go with the Trasks, actually. I would choose the Trasks as well. Oh nice. I just don't know like how is Natalie Bishop? <laughs> Like his closest parental figure, and it just like. Also, can we just real, really, really quick talk about is Oliver actually like super rich, and can he actually fly to Paris, or is he just like kind of rich, lives in a hotel, but couldn't do all those other fancy things that he's saying he could. Mm, right maybe the latter yeah, yeah but the thing is, like i think they wanted us to think that and teeter on it but then he gets everyone into the rooney show and he knows the yeah, band uh, so we're like oh this kid is like, like does he know the Springs. band or does he act like he knows the band because i think he also kind of kind of pulled a marissa do you remember when she did that child star thing yeah like mm. he acted like ryan was this big star to get into the backstage i mean i feel like the band's coming out of their bus he's just like hey like i know you guys let's go back there I don't know. I mean, if I was a band, I wouldn't be like, especially Rooney, like they're cool. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah, I think he might just have that kind of personality where he just kind of gets what he wants, regardless of, you know, how much money he has. But I'm sure he definitely has money. Just, I don't know if to what extent. Yeah. 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 I just want to make sure I touch on Oliver because my, my cousin got me into the OC and that's like our biggest thing. Anytime we come back for any holidays, Every time I come and see her, we always end every holiday with at least one comment about the Oliver plotline in the OC. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but like we're always just like, oh, that kid. Ah. Did she like that plotline? <laughs> no, me and her, we look at the screen and want to vomit every time we see like the first time <laughs> after, what is it, like after the Christmas party at the very end of that episode? Yeah. She goes into. Therapy. The counseling, and I just see his face, and I'm like, oh, I got to sit through five episodes. It's so good, though. It's so good. He's so good. He's so good. He's so good. And he, actually, he filmed, like, one of the small films he did was actually filmed in Eugene, Oregon. Oh, no way. So, shout out. He did, like, the small film that was filmed there, the actor. But anyways, yeah. I just had to put him in there, because he's just so, oh. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I I could talk OC every day with you, too. Well, <laughs> I this is such a fun episode and I'm really really glad we decided to talk about the parents because when we were thinking about bonus episodes we're like obviously core four and then we're like well we have to do Taylor because she's part of it and how can we leave out the parents and how if we're going to talk about Sandy Kirsten Julie we have to talk about Caleb and Jim you know it's like a Mm -hmm. trickle effect Yeah. yeah but I feel that we really got everybody involved and everyone in and now i feel i truly feel complete now that we're ending this podcast same i feel like there is not really one aspect of this show that we need to talk at nauseam about again so (laughs) 
Uh, I feel like, yeah, closing the book. I feel good. I feel really good. Yeah. One thing I like about the show, I've watched it one time every year because it's super quick. Like, you could only watch one episode a day and you're done in three months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's just that show you can always come back to. It's like an old friend, yeah. even more than any of the other shows. Because, like, One Trail is so long and Gossip Girl, I'm not going to give you my final thoughts on that. But, <laughs> like, the OC is just the show I can always come back to and just know that I'll just love all the characters, especially the parents. And I think you've commented on um, quite a lot is that as I get older, I'm 25 now. I started watching this when I was like eight or something. Um, I just get closer and closer to the parents as the, as, as my years go. on. Yeah, no, I, I agree. You described it perfectly. It's always there for you. It's the comfort, at least for me. I know that, I will be watching season one, season two next year. Who knows when that's going to happen? Who sees, though, this time around, if I will continue with three and four? Do you yeah. go You go all the way through, Will? I torture myself. I go all the way through no matter what. I've watched it all the way through. Well, it ended in 07, so 13 times. Every year I go through it once. Wow. Yeah, well, it's always something where it's like I have a summer off yeah. or it's 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 winter break and I power through it. Um, yeah. Do you have a favorite episode? I know that's really hard, but. Favorite episode? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah. <laughs> so I love the model home. I think that oh. that is one of the best, like, episodes of television um, that's out there. I just think it's so you get this like peek into the Kirsten and Jimmy dynamic that's really subtly hinted at in the pilot. And then like boom, episode two, Marissa and um Ryan are hot and heavy. She's in that cute dress. Seth is skating in a um pool. It's just such a cool episode. Yeah. Mm. And you yeah. and the friendship is forming and the trust is forming. Yep. It's the so only good. thing that sucks about the episode is that it was really about the core three it wasn't about summer um which is whatever but i still think that that episode is the emblematic like just it's it's the oc is 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 that episode yeah yeah, yeah. well did you How- ever check out the turkish show based like inspired by the oc <sighs> you know what i read about it over the years i never got into it because i didn't want to i know it wouldn't i just didn't want to risk having it change anything i feel about the oc i just wanted to the oc is kind of like a little like 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 a special object that i don't want to like mess with yeah so i don't get too into the weeds with all the outside stuff or i don't even like to read too much like i think in the last episode you talked about or two episodes ago josh schwartz's where are they now yeah Mm -hmm. i kind of had to like like, I thought it was interesting, but I kind of had to go like, la, 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 because I didn't want to. Yeah. I have my own. I'm not going to get into it, but I have my own visions of where they are now. So, mm. but yeah, ha- have you two watched it? I have. Well, no. I've watched uh, yeah. whatever's on YouTube. That was a couple of years ago. I got really into it and some episodes I could find subtitles. It was interesting how some things are very parallel and then the way like the characters are different names, but you can tell who's who, obviously. And yeah. the way like one character's supposed to be like the Marissa character is totally different. And I'm not even sure if it ends the same way. It's just very inspired by. Here's my question. So the OC itself, not 
anytime someone says like a location is a character, I always feel like they're trying to like get themselves ready to like write a piece in the New Yorker or something. Mm -hmm. But, but but like the location is a character. I'm wondering how the, like, you know, like the Istanbul, like how can you have the OC in Turkey is, Mm -hmm. is my one question. Probably the main reason I didn't watch it. Cause I was like, just the OC Orange County is so important to everything about that show. Right. Like you couldn't just do it. The OC in North Carolina because one tree Hill had very North Carolina like specific things. How can you do the OC in like, like Istanbul or wherever, you know? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And it's just the, it's not so much based on the locale. It's just based on the characters and the dynamics between yeah. them. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe, yeah. maybe I'll watch it out. You check it out. Watch one episode. Maybe I'll send it okay. to you. And okay. you'll be like, I can't get into this or I'm curious. And I wonder though, the thing is, this was, I watched this like, I don't know, three, four years ago. So I don't even know if it's still up on YouTube. And then I wanted to keep watching and I couldn't find what subtitles. I'm like, well, I really need the subtitles. And I would love to know how you feel like their Seth character is so, so, oh God, I don't want to use the word nerdy because I don't like using that term, but he's not funny. Like okay. Seth, and again, it might be Adam Brody and the Seth character because of his the way he deliver. It's all about it's Seth's delivery because he's okay. not necessarily yep. so funny. He's just her sarcasm, but it's kind of so corny where it's like, oh, he's really not. I don't know. Like Seth is like uh, I don't know. So much of it is like pop culture. Like he's a man of the times. Yeah, and he's just his his humor is kind of insulated. Like he kind of had to be there to know so much of it. Right. And I don't know Turkish pop culture. I could not tell you anything about Turkish pop culture. So. Yeah. And that's true. And also maybe like with translation, some things just don't translate. Yeah. You know, my actually speaking of this, <laughs> I want to know, Will. every time you watch the OC and they mention Netflix, do you say out loud, this is still relevant today? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Cause I do. <laughs> I announce it to the world. I'm like, yep, this would still work today. Netflix. Do you hear that? <laughs> yeah. Like just, and, and I mean, I, uh, one of the things can't get too much into it, but one of the things that the show gave me was, you know, my cousin introduced me to it and then she introduced me to all the music. She had all the CDs from like the Walkman and modest mouse and death cab. And I was like seven or eight or nine, nice. you know, nice. and I'm, Go cousin. I just love this music. Like, I've seen Death Cab four or five times. I've seen Modest Mouse a lot. They're my favorite band. And I'm from the Northwest. So, yeah. like, he was mentioning all these things from the Northwest. And, he, and even, like, uh, you know, Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs, the book written by Chuck Klosterman. Chuck Klosterman lives in Portland. No way. So, just all these things connected to where the OC kind of drove my interests, a lot of it, in, like, reading and music and pop culture. So, um, I think it's still relevant. Yeah today because these bands and these books and things are still popular and these authors and everything. So. Yeah. Same. And it's so yeah. special. Oh, I love that. Go cousin. Your cousin rocks. Yeah. Yeah. Her name's Chelsea. So I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to do a shameless shout out. Cause she, she's the reason I'm on this podcast. So Yay, Chelsea, Aww, go Chelsea. <laughs> Woo. Man, that's so great. All right. Well, well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We super appreciate it. We, 
absolutely loved talking with you. And we love all of the emails you send us with your insight and your commentary. It makes us laugh and it just entertains us so much. We appreciate it. I am gearing up for Gossip Girls, ladies. Oh, woohoo! I'm so ready. excited. Oh, we're ready. <laughs> Thanks, Will. Have a happy new year. Yes. It was, it was great to talk to you, and I hope you two have a happy new year. And happy new year, Aunt, as well. I don't want to forget Aunt. And also, Randy, right? Thank you. Yes, Randy. Happy new year, Aunt. Happy new year, like your whole families. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Thanks so much. We hope that you enjoyed our conversation with Will. Listen, I were so excited for Will to come on this episode. 100%. How many times do you think I said excited? Should we make a drinking game out of I it? I know, and I said it too. I'm like, I'm so excited. I need new vocabulary. Like, Same. One of my goals is get rid of like and stop saying excited. <laughs> because it loses credibility. And this is just a very self-aware moment that... Yeah. I'm probably going to listen back and take out some excitements and yep. excited. Mm-hmm. And everyone right now is going to be like, but Michelle, you only said it once. I'm like, be like, that's, that's what I wanted you to know. But I wanted you to hear that. <laughs> right. The power of uh, editing. Yes, the power of editing. So we actually got a question, actually two questions from Alicia. So okay. I wanted to go into them for our last episode. So she asked, so if you or and Liz could sit down with Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage, what five questions would you ask them? Oh what God. would you want to know about the world of the OC or making the OC? Oh, well, can we ask them if that baby is Ryan's? Yes, because that would be my question. <laughs> um, what else? Did they know from the start of the show that Marissa was going to die? That was another question. Okay, okay. So we have two. Go ahead, go ahead. I also wanted to know if Seth and Summer were always endgame. Right. Um, hmm. And then, just to get deeper, like, if I could have sat down, well, if I could sit down with Josh and Stephanie currently, these are the questions I would ask them. If I could go back when the show was being filmed and sit down with them, I'd be like, instead of sitting down, can I just come on set and tour? Yeah. I want to sit on that couch. I want to slice a bagel in that kitchen. I want to sit on <laughs> Seth's bed. Yeah, I know all the all the nostalgic points. Yeah, that's hard though. I mean, all the questions I feel like as an audience we would ask the things that we don't know, but like personally, maybe like inspiration of the characters. Like, where did he get inspired to create this? Like really corny little kid <laughs> Seth well, or I mean it was based you know? off of a lot of it was from him right you know because he's he was, Seth right right yeah okay. and I think I'd be curious of who is their favorite character to write for mm-hmm. I would think for me if I was a writer it would be Julie oh yeah so much fun right yeah have to, and then a fifth question, five questions. I mean, that's a lot. That's hard. <laughs> right? <laughs> but definitely, oh. is that Ryan's baby? Was Marissa going to die? In the, from, did you know that? Seth and Summer Endgame. Favorite Are, character to write for. Is Marissa and, and Ryan Endgame? Right. Like, what, what were those words that you gave us? Mm-hmm. Should I hold on to them so tightly? Right. 
Right, right, right. Yeah, because even in the 10 years later, we got confirmation that Taylor and Ryan were not. Right. So we know they weren't. So does that mean that they want Marissa to be? Or, again, did you want to have her off the show? Not off the show, but, you know, did we want to have that plot from day one? Therefore, she was his, like, endgame high school, and then he grew on to be an adult and have his, like, true love type thing. Right. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like this is a little after dark moment. Yeah, right? (laughs) After After dark. After dark. Let's talk. Let's talk. I was reading an article with Tate Donovan, and he was saying how he didn't want to be written off the show. Oh, he he wanted to stay on, and he brought up like, "Oh, Jimmy's an awful father," and they're like, "No, Jimmy's fine. Jimmy's fine." And he he has said repeatedly, like, "Jimmy was like the worst father ever." Yeah. There are so many articles when you type in just, like, Jimmy Cooper. There's at least 10 articles. It's like, why Jimmy Cooper was the worst dad ever. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) I'm, like, trying to look for positive moments. Yeah, But there wasn't, really. I know. That's so true. Uh, Then she asked, if you could sit down with any one of the actors to specifically talk OC with who would sit down with and why and what would you want to ask them? Would you ask them how they felt about their character and how they played them or ask questions about their character? It's hard because I feel like, A, they probably don't want to talk about it, but this is in like a, an alternate world, right, where we can ask some questions, but I feel like it, I feel like we know how Adam's experience was and I feel like we kind of know how Misha's was, maybe Rachel's, but like the adults... I'd like to know, like, what Julie felt, or Julie, I shouldn't say, uh, Melinda, how her experience was on the show. Because I feel like you can kind of guess Sandy Kirsten characters, but, like, I feel like Melinda had a lot more fun. Yeah, that's who I would want to sit down. I have the same exact feelings as you do. That's so funny. I truly don't really feel anything in me to sit down with any of the main characters, the main actors. Right, same. If I had to choose, I think it would be Melinda because I do want to hear what she thought about Julie. Did she have a blast playing Julie? And what she thought of this character, her development, her growth, and also just being a mother. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's that's who, if I had to pick, that's who I would pick. Yeah, same. I just, I felt something when I, th- when I thought of Julie. I was like, no, that's who I'd want to speak with. Yeah, just because, like I said, I feel like there's nothing I could ask any of the core kids that I wouldn't really already know or like that really is of that importance where I'm like wondering, like nail biting. Is this how they felt or thought? I just don't feel that way towards them. But the adults more so. But again, maybe it's because we're older now and I feel more of a kinship with the adults and I want to like, I don't know, get their perspective on the on working on this show. Agreed. And I think also to go back to not only the actors, I would really want to talk to the inspiration for the sets. Mm. And, you know, when they were scouting for sites and scouting for houses and obviously the OC in itself, we talked about this with Will, is the whole nature of that, of Orange County, right? Right. But specifically their house, like where did they 
how was the inspiration formed for that and forming the character? So I guess I would want to talk to costume design, set design, and the people who add the life layer, which the life layer is adding in all the knickknacks and stuff in the background. Like, that's who I would want to talk to. Yeah. Like, why did you choose this color green? And why did you put that vase there? And maybe they're like, well, because we had to fill it. But I have a feeling there's a reason to make it all flow. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm always interested in that stuff more so than the acting because I'm always focusing on the background is why sometimes I miss plot points. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, But great questions. Thank you, Alicia. Yeah, thank you. Let's go into Patron of the Week. Let's go into it. It's Patron of the Week. 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 I mean, you guys are, it's like a nail biter, right? Who it is? Who is it? (laughs) It's Will, obviously. Uh, We had such a blast. I know I say this after every single patron that's been on the show, but it's so, it's such a weird experience for us to speak with other people that love something so much as, like, as much as we do. And it's just like a really special experience that I don't think, we'd ever get else like otherwise and uh talking to will i really felt like his true passion for this show and honestly he puts that passion into gossip girl each week too it's not just this show but obviously we know how much he does hold this show like his his little baby and we're just so appreciative that he's been supporting us for as long as he has and we just really love talking to you and you're super creative like vic said you you know whatever we ask of you you literally came up with five names on the spot i mean it's incredible so we just really wanted to say thank you like truly from the bottom of our hearts thank you and thank you to all of our patrons who i'm going to read now because this is our last episode of let's talk oc and to wrap up the year i feel like they should all be honored so please stay tuned while i get (laughs) all of the names Roll call. Roll call. Okay. So we have Alicia, Caitlin, Carly, Katie, Walker, Angelina, Lexi, Ashley, Will, Mal, Alicia, Shannon, Aliona, Lisa, Carmen, Kiralee, Jacqueline, Corey, Sophie, Kelsey, Ava, Alexis, Jimmy, Michael, Sean, Jillian, Chloe, Emily, Daphne, Michelle, Kristen, Caitlin, Victoria, Rihanna, Shanna, Ryan, Jessica, Teresa, Logan, Letitia, Michaela, Allie, and Kendall. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you guys are the best. It's amazing. The best, the best, the best. It's, Couldn't have asked for a better little fam. I know, really. And it's surreal and it's wild. And like Liz and I say all the time, we feel that we just turn on these mics. We talk about the episode. We get some questions from you guys. We're like, oh, that's it. Just the two of us. But really. Right. It's not. <laughs> it's not. And we're so appreciative. And we're I, just especially this year and the year that it's been. And just so grateful counting, of course, grateful for my health, but just counting my blessings. And I'm just truly grateful for this community and the fact that you guys have become friends with one another. Yeah. 
And I think that is super cool. And I just, I'm really, I love all of you and my heart is very full. So same. Thank you, Liz, for this journey. Thank you guys for listening. I can't believe we are here. This is the last episode of Let's Talk OC, the last It Takes Three Network podcast for the year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, changes are coming. And yeah, we're just, we're really excited for everything to come. Yes. Not to be sad. You should be happy because we are ecstatic that the new year is going to bring new changes for us and closing the chapter on another great little podcast that couldn't have went anywhere without all of our listeners. So thank you to each and every one of you. Yeah. And hey, listen, if you're a new listener and you just started here and then you're going to go backwards, (laughs) you're going to rewatch. Hey, hi, welcome. We're so happy you're here. Uh, Think about sharing this podcast with a friend. Uh, If you end up listening to this episode a couple of months from now and you want to reach out, please reach out. Send us your top five, bottom five. Listen, we want to hear it. I will respond. I will talk to you about the OC. I love the OC. If you haven't realized after all of these episodes, (laughs) these years later. So thank you so much. We're at Let's Talk OC on Instagram, Twitter. You can email us, Let's Talk OC at Gmail. If you want to leave us a review, we are on Apple Podcasts. You can rate us five stars. Just because we won't be making new episodes here, we would still love this show to, you know, shine some light and grow. That way more people can reach us. And thank you so much, guys. Uh, goodbye, 2020, and hello to...